Hello, friends, and welcome to the Point of Hope podcast. My name is Steve, and this broadcast is brought to you by the Point of Hope Apostolic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, where brighter days begin. Today, we're continuing in our series, Kingdom Principles, and leading our study today is the senior pastor at Point of Hope, Mr. Stephen Gossage. Pastor, welcome. What can you teach us today? Thank you, Steve. We're going to go right into the second part of our lesson in the series principles of Christian living, we were talking about spiritual growth last week. I'd like to talk about uh, the nine areas of spiritual growth this podcast, and uh, hopefully that I get a little bit more focused on what exactly that we're talking about and how and where we should be growing in particular. Okay. Um, Peter exhorted us with these words. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Growth is a parenthetical New Testament concept that is spoken over and over again. And so that is what we're talking about. Peter talked about it. Paul talked about it. Jesus referenced it. Um, they all, all the, all the writers, all of them, referenced growth. Second Peter 3 and 18 says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Can I ask an off-topic question? Sure. So, you know, someone like my wife likes to have more context. So, sure. like when I look at Paul and I look at Paul's writings, I know who Paul was speaking to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like Corinthians is a church in Corinth. and right. Who was Peter directing his messages to during his time of ministry. Peter was generally looked at as the uh, the the number one, the big number one. He's sure. like our general superintendent. He would be the one that was speaking to the body uh, in mass. So is he uh, in Jerusalem? Is y- he... he? Yes, he was part of the he was part of the Jerusalem church, as it were. Okay. Yes, All so right. he would be the bishop, and of course, it was later, three hundred and something years later, it was referenced as the first pope as it were because it was just understood he just spoke to the masses and and, he was the guy right he was the the man as it were okay uh yeah so um nine areas of growth the number one area that we should be growing in and the bible referenced that is grace we need to be growing in grace i'm going to be using this young's analytical concordance concordance uh to the bible here in the next couple uh, studies here, but I want to reference in this concordance the word grace in Second Peter one and two translates to the Greek from the Greek word charis c h a r i s which means grace or graciousness. Peter exhorted us, but grow in grace or graciousness, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Believers are to grow in grace, and that is in the realm of God's unmerited favor. And at the same time, we are to exercise the spiritual graces from which Peter was speaking about in 2 Peter 1, 5-7, which I've already read. So the process of spiritual growth begins by knowing Jesus initially when we're born again. And it continues in our deepening relationship with him. And as we said, just as a person who moves with balance and skill is called graceful, we grow in our ability to live the Christian life more gracefully. So without getting, because grace by itself, we could talk and spend 
several podcasts on. But I want to just kind of do a, a, a topical hit on grace. Grace is the understanding that it is unmerited favor. And so when we grow in grace, we know that as we received favor and unmerited favor and undeserved favor from God, then we need to give grace to others. And at the same time, we need to be gracious. So as the, as the New Testament apostolic Christian, we need to be growing in grace, that understanding that by grace we are saved through faith. I right. think that's hard for people today. It's hard. So it's many people for, want vengeance for petty things. You know, and the old eye for an eye, you know. Right. And, and several writers referenced about forgetting what manner of man that they were later, you know, after salvation. And because they haven't grown in grace. And again, yeah. I paraphrase that. But basically, we look at people and we forget what God has done in our lives. And so as we grow in grace, we recognize that all are unworthy and all are, are invited to come in. And I love that about, about what we do and what we're living about, that it's for everybody. It's not for, it's not for white people. It's not for black people. Sure. It's not just for yellow people or red people. Yeah, Jesus dying on the cross declared that all lives matter. Absolutely. And so we we need to grow in grace. We need yeah. to know, grow in, in well, I'm going to talk about love here, but we need to grow in that understanding of grace. The second thing that we need to be growing in, according to that same Young's analytical con- concordance, is the word faith. We need to be growing, secondly, in faith. Second Peter 1 and 5 comes from the Greek word, which means pistis, which means faithfulness or steadfastness this god-given virtue and the most vital is i believe the most vital of all our entire spiritual relationship with jesus christ is founded upon our faith in him it's literally the threshold for our relationship with god hebrews 11 and 6 says but without faith it's impossible to please him for he that cometh to god must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him so God gives everyone that initial spark of faith. We know that every man has a measure of faith, according to Romans 12 and 3. But it's up to us to exercise our faith so that it grows. It's like a muscle. We all get a muscle. We got, it's up to us on how that we utilize that so that it grows. Well, and what you have faith in. Even people that think they, that there's no creator, they still have faith in something. Yeah, right, 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 right. And we got to focus them on what specifically that is, and yeah. that faith grows. Oh, now I know that it's his name. I know yeah. his name now, yep, Jesus. I know his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So our faith can grow as we observe the faithfulness of the others through tragedy and even in their triumphs. So faith grows when we see other people, when they endure and you see that God was helping them through that. My faith grows in that kind of thing. We also grow in our faith through the trials we endure and the fig victories we celebrate so as we go through things this thing called life when we get through our faith grows we don't know how good god is as he's taking us through it until we're at the end of it and that's how we grow in faith i I see what god did how he helped me through it so we need to grow in faith yeah you know we have a book here of answered prayers yes right out in the uh in the in the entryway Mm -hmm. there because sometimes we just need reminded i mean we're all quick to share the the bad stuff and every terrible thing that happened during your day. But man, if we could just get to a place where we can sometimes remember those victories. That's it. Without any prompt. Yes. Life changing stuff. Yeah. That's growing in faith. Absolutely. Yeah. The third thing is that we need to grow in virtue. My Lord, we need to grow in virtue. Amen. Second Peter one five comes from the Greek word, arete, A R E T 
F-O-R-C-E, which means force or strength. Strength of what? Mind and body. The believer is urged to add virtue to their faith. Believing is imperative, but obeying is just important. Believing is not enough. Just believing is not enough. Believing and doing is the important thing. So in other words, obedience actually qualifies the genuineness of our faith. If we really believe, then we respond and will act upon our faith. That's virtue. It's unfortunate, though, many Christians profess faith in God, but they don't see the need to live according to God's commandments. Well, and I think some people get caught up on the terminology. I mean, you hear a word like obedience and submission, and people instantly go to a place that's not even remotely close to what it means that's in the Word exactly of God. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Jesus clearly stated, if you love me, keep my commandments, John 14 and 15. So we need to grow in spiritual strength by practicing our faith, and that's virtue. Yeah. Again, which we could go into so long of a discourse on any one of these, but we're just hitting over the top here, and so if you want to study more, you're welcome to do this. The fourth thing that we need to grow in is knowledge. The word knowledge in 2 Peter 1, 5, and 6 comes from the Greek word, which means gnosis. G-N-O-S-I-S, which means simply knowledge. When we cease to learn, we cease to enjoy vibrant and abundant life. We already referenced how the child grows and et cetera, and how that there's process of time. Sure. There needs to be growth. It's the same thing with knowledge. When we don't learn, when we cease to learn, we cease to enjoy the vibrancy and the, the enormity of our life that we have. And The kind of knowledge that we're talking about doesn't come from intellectual pursuits, but it becomes a spiritual knowledge that comes through a relationship with the Holy Spirit and that is focused on Jesus and his word. I like what 2 Peter 3 and 18 says again, and I'll read it again. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. And you can't out, you can't, You'll never get to the end of the knowledge. I mean, the, you the, won't. the mystery. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you've been on this walk for ten minutes or or ninety years. You will never unravel the full mystery, which is why you got to keep going. That's right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. The fifth one: we need to grow in temperance, according to that Young's Analytical Concordance. The word temperance in Second Peter one six comes from the Greek word egratia, e g. K-R-A-T-E-I-A. I'm sure I pronounced that one wrong. <laughs> it means self-restraint or continence. So we're to add self-restraint. Temper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. This is what we're talking. We How need- do you do that in an online world? Oh. There is no... I mean, oh, the boy. internet is the <laughs> wild, wild west. Yes, it is. I mean, some of the outlandish things, even on... A, you could have a video <laughs> of a child flying a kite... Something so, and yes. people will say the most obnoxious. Yes. Oh, and it's almost like they race to outdo one another. Yes. And uh, stay we, off we Reddit. Trolls. Oh, Trolls. Reddit. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, there's your church minutes. Stay off, uh, uh, it is advisable for all believers to stay off of Reddit. <laughs> Disclaimer. Yes. Do not go to Reddit. <laughs> temperance, we need to add to our knowledge temperance. So as we grow in understanding, we need to have self-restraint, and you referenced a great, great oh, it's so example. <laughs> it's almost unbelievable. We, we, Steve, we need to really have our passions under control. Yeah, it's tough. The idea of temperance, it contrasts starkly with the anarchy and the lack of control 
especially with false teachers. You talked about the Internet, how that there are so many people, there's so many voices out there. Well, it's really just the flesh acting out against the spirit. Sure. And, and that's, why we got, that's why you fast and you pray, so you can temper that. Sure. Indulgence is a trend that many people in our decadent oh, society gosh, use. One. It's like we're ancient Rome. I know. Right. Exactly. <sighs> that's exactly right. The prevailing philosophy of many people is that if it feels good, you need to do it. Mm, do whatever you feel. That is ter- a terrible. <laughs> Absolutely. That is bad advice. That's right. If people are telling you that, don't do it. That's don't, exactly right. Don't listen to your heart. Don't do any of that nonsense. Isn't, isn't that, though, the society that we live yes. in? That's and it's not just the American society. It's the world. And it's, it's part of the world uh, mindset, really. It's, if it feels good, do it. It's up to you. Never mind how that it crosses somebody else. And see, that whole mindset, there is zero accountability. Right. Uh, to, even to your fellow man. Because what feels good to you crosses the line to someone else. Right. Oh. Right. Right. So that's why temperance, we need to, we as Christians, we need to grow in temperance. I agree with Individuals that. think nothing should be ever denied to them. They wrongly believe that rules of restraint should never hamper their personal fulfillment or happiness. However, Galatians 5 really smacks that in the head. It offers an amazing study of the contrasting works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. Christian should grow in his ability to resist temptation by purging himself from the works of the flesh. Mm. And it comes naturally. The works of the flesh comes naturally because we're in the flesh. And so that we need, in other words, need to have more spirit than flesh. We need to cultivate that fruit of the spirit. So over time, through many experiences, we as believers will develop the fruit of the spirit and we're able to conquer the fleshly temptations and weaknesses. In other words, as we grow, we grow in temperance and we should be diminishing in our flesh and our desire to do whatever we want to do. Yeah. If it feels good, do it. Yep. The next thing that we are doing, I think I lost count. I think it's the sixth, fifth thing, sixth thing, is we need to have endurance. Endurance should grow or a patient endurance. The word patience in Second Peter 1 and 6 says it comes from the Greek word hupomon, H-U-P-O-M-O-N-E, which means endurance or a continuance. With time and experience, a Christian should grow in stamina and endurance. And we're talking about the spiritual race, okay? We're talking about trials that once were great and used to put stress on us as younger believers even though they stress us as somebody that's more experienced, we know that God is faithful and that yes. we'll get through it. We understand that the Bible says in, in Psalms 23 that when we go through the valley, that strong emphasis on through is that we're not meant to stay in the valley, but we're going through the valley. See, when we're younger, we don't have that patient endurance. We go, oh, my God, what, what has happened? He's left me. No, he would help us through it. Yep. Athletes train to build endurance for their participation in their competitions. So we need to, we need to grow in this patient endurance that, that we're in it for the long haul. This is not something I happen to be doing in my life. Sure. I'm doing this because I want to make heaven my home, well, and you, I want to take a lot of people with me. And you need endurance because the attacks from the enemy, they don't stop. You, you never get to a point where the devil's like, well, all right, I guess, I guess you win. I guess you win. Yeah. I'm done. No, that's not how it happens. And so we need to have a patient endurance or a willingness to continue on even when th- I have this mindset in our home, and uh, it, I, th- I think a lot of people do when you're really committed to it, that uh, if I 
stop serving God. My wife will continue to serve God. But if my wife does that, she stops, I'm going to continue. Because we have to have that patient endurance. We have to have that willingness to keep going. Because it is a, while it is a corporate thing to do, serving God, it's the best way to do it. But it's also, it comes down to an individual's decision on that. So, again, enough, enough said on that. We can talk all day long about that. But here's, here's the next one, godliness. Mm. We need to grow in godliness. According to uh, this concordance that we're talking about, godliness in Second Peter 1, 6 and 7 comes from the Greek word eusebia, which is E-U-S-E-B-E-I-A, which means piety or a reverence. So our reverence, our godliness towards God should grow. Our worship of his majesty should not become old and routine. Our walk with God should not be just stale old going through the paths, as it were. It needs to grow. It needs to come vibrant. Godliness, being like God, trying to attain, again, godliness or the, the act of being like him more, it teaches us about our own failing attributes, and it helps us to grow fonder in fellowship with God. So we appreciate God more as we grow in godliness. We appreciate having that daily walk with him. And, we need, and, and in turn, in godliness, we end up broadening our methods of expression towards him and towards his creation. Hope that makes sense. It does. The next one is brotherly kindness, and I'm almost done with these nine. Brotherly kindness. The words brotherly kindness in Second Peter 1 and 7 comes from Philadelphia, which means brotherly love. The church is a community of an interconnected believers who exhibit kindness and they care for, they care for each other. They have love one for another. 1 John 4 and 20 says, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Jesus said it in John 13, 35, By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one towards another. So, Steve, our bonds with the church family should be growing over time. I have... Uh, aunts and uncles and cousins and, and, and family members that I love dearly that I'm not in fellowship with them because they sure. live in other states and maybe they're not living for God or whatever. Um, it doesn't take away or diminish my love for them. But when we go to church every day with this, these people that are doing the same with you, there needs to be a love. There needs to be appreciation for each other. That's why I bind in Jesus' name, all the spirits in our churches, especially our church, uh, that want to divide us in unity. That when, when people are fussing and fighting, and we have that invariably in every church, because we're all human, right? And the church is a hospital and not a social club. But by and large, when there's fussing and disunity and all these kinds of things, then we know that there's not brotherly kindness there. There's not, there's not a Philadelphia, that, that thing that needs to happen because you can't love God properly. You can't be in spiritual, uh, 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 in a spiritual right position by having an uh, 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 argument or a fuss problem with somebody else across the church. So in other words, if you're fussing with somebody in your church, you're not really living for God at this moment. Or rather, you need to repent. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's Bible. I mean, it just, 
as simple as that is. So, you know, one of the things that, that drew us to this church initially, uh, because we, you know, we had been in a large big box church, sure, um, was just the care and love of the people here. And, you know, the further you get in that and the more you get to know the brethren and the more you're in the activities and the events and you feel that, you know, it just, it's like one of the, the greatest weapons that the devil has ever done was to convince people that don't know that the church is just a place of rules and judgment right. and hypocrites. And it is not like that. That's exactly at right. All. Yes. So go to church again. Just go. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not saying that there's not some people that they're not walking in the spirit that's not having that. And I don't need to name them. I don't know them. You know what I mean? All I know is that our church and the churches that we fellowship with, which is quite a bit, when they're full of the Holy Ghost, and I mean legitimately full of the Holy Ghost, you'll find that brotherly kindness. Yep. I'm not saying that we're not of flesh, but there'll be things that will be squashed immediately because God will begin to talk to that heart and say, hey, listen, you can't love me properly. I don't receive your worship properly if you're, if you're fussing with sister so-and-so across the aisle there. And it's so much deeper than just like being greeted on the way in or getting a hug from one of the brothers here. I mean, you feel it. Yes. You feel it. Yes, and it's a strength to you. It, it is a strength and a comfort. Yeah. And you feel it when you're not here and you need it. That's even better because when you can feel the prayers of the saints oh yes. my goodness that is that's true you're saying exactly what what i'm trying to say so this network of friends and family it provides a great opportunity to, to minister to each other and to others and to receive ministry from our fellow uh, members of the body of christ yep. all right so the last one which i think no less important or no more important but it's certainly something that is very significant in that we need to grow in love we need to low, grow in love in our passion and our compassion. Passion, obviously, we need to grow in love in how we, we serve God, mm-hmm. how we serve others. And then compassion, we need to have a grow in com- growth in compassion for others that maybe are not living this way, that are searching for something. According to this Young's Analytical Concordance, the word charity in Second Peter 1 and 7 comes from the Greek word agape, A-G-A-P-E, which means simply love. So this word is used to describe God's supreme love for his son in John seventeen twenty six, And, of course, the one everybody knows towards the love for the human race is found in John 3 and 16. Other Greek words are translated into love in the King James Version of the Bible. But agape is the supreme essence of God-like love. Agape is the highest form of love, and it's an unselfish love that loves without expecting anything back in return. No matter, friend, no matter where you are at spiritually, there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God, no matter how much of a heathen you are. God's still going to love you. That should give you great solace. Now, there is something that may separate you from his presence and his favor which is our sin and our, our willingness to do what we want to do. But, yep. but by and large, nothing will separate us from the love of God. So agape love is a decision of the will to love. In other words, Jesus displayed this kind of love when he gave his life on, on Calvary. He was willing to go to the cross for us. And the love we're talking about is not based on a romantic or emotional feeling or a reciprocal expression. 
love grows and it endures with time. And I'm thankful that God loves us. And that's all I have for today. Uh, but I just want you to know these nine things, Steve, and to our listener, we need to be growing in these things. So we were talking about spiritual growth and what that looks like. We need to be growing in these nine things. And that should be a barometer. That should be something that we introspectively look into and say, am I growing in grace? Am I growing in knowledge? Am I growing in temperance or or patient endurance? Am I growing? If I'm not in any one of these things, then I need to fix those. I need to work on those. I need to ask. It's a work of the Spirit that we're doing. Yes, it's intentional from our flesh, but it's a work of the Spirit. Yeah, and you got to be able to self-analyze. you got to be able to look at your own behavior critically and say, this is, I mean, if you want to change in your life, if you're tired of going through things and, and wondering why always you, and look at what you're doing or maybe not doing. Right. You know, exactly. The ability to look at yourself is is missing sometimes that is true we do so that's me stop talking to me (laughs) well that's all the time we have for this study today and today's episode was brought to you by young's analytical concordance grow old (laughs) with young's no i I, (laughs) i'm kidding but if if we were ever going to sell those then today would have been the day you know they're gonna they're gonna see a jump in sales they're gonna wonder why so hashtag young's analytical concordance oh you got me on that one that was hilarious yes you can also be young why try not why not try young so i pray that this was a blessing for you and that you'll join us as we continue to study god's word you can find this and all of our episodes at pohpodcast.com along with links to your favorite streaming platform really where do you get this kind of humor i mean really we're just i wrote that down so that i wouldn't forget your name i really want to sell some concordance and there's people listening going i don't even know what a concordance Yes, what is it? Spell it. <laughs> so then we'll, we'll do th- yeah, we spelled everything else today. But that'll be a future podcast where we talk about the, some of the tools you can use to help you in your, your study life. So yes. maybe we'll do a, a series on how to study the Bible, and you can really get into some of that stuff. But yeah. If you do enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and enable notifications so you don't miss a single episode. And please send a link to a friend, share on social media, like our Point of Hope Facebook page, or find the Point of Hope podcast on YouTube. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, please email them to pohcontent at gmail.com, and we will respond as we So, And maybe we won't if we don't like it. How about that? And don't be sending me orders for Young's Analytical Concordance I like to have 10 of those for our church. So thank you, Pastor, for leading us today, and thank you all for listening.